0: Have you heard of the murder rule? I I mean that actual rule. There's a thing called the murder rule. It exists. It's a real thing. And tens of thousands of men, women, and children are in prison because of the murder rule at this very moment. Nearly every country in the world has done away with this rule, most of them generations ago, except for the good old U.S. of A., And we don't call it the justice system on this podcast. We call it the legal system because so little justice actually comes out of this system. But today, I need to unpack and explain what may be the single most problematic rule in the entire legal system. And together, we can change it. Not in one day, but today we can start to loosen the lid on the jar. This is Sean King. And you are listening to Mm -hmm. The the Breakdown. The the, Breakdown. The Breakdown. Usually, in our criminal legal system, in order to convict someone of a crime, there are two primary factors at play. The first is what a person does, their action. The second is what that person intended to do. In law, we call what a person does actus reus. What is the action? And what is on a person's mind, what they intended to do is known as mens rea. And it's the hallmark of a civilized legal system. We care about an individual's actions and we care about an individual's intent. Let me give you an example of this principle. For a crime of misdemeanor theft, the prosecutor has to prove to a jury that someone took something, that's the act, with the intent to permanently deprive the rightful owner of that thing. That's the intent. So let's say... I'm in a store to buy a toothbrush and I pick up the toothbrush and I leave the store. Now that would look like a theft, but let's say that I left the store because I got an emergency phone call from my daughter's school and there was no reception in the store. So I rushed outside to hear the call. Or let's say that I left the store because I suddenly realized that I left my wallet in the car. In both of those situations, I did leave the store with the toothbrush, but I had no intent to permanently deprive the store. The prosecutor could not show that I had committed a crime because I didn't intend to do so. What you do matters. It does. What you do matters. But a person's intent, according to the law, also matters. And this makes perfect sense. You wouldn't want to convict somebody of a crime Because of an accident. And this is just for misdemeanor theft. And it makes sense because in our legal system, we say, I almost have to put parentheses around say, we say that liberty is paramount. Before we're going to let a prosecutor strip you of your rights, send you away from all of your loved ones, send you away from your family, your job, your career, your calling, and put you in a prison cell. They should have to prove that a person did something wrong and meant to do something wrong. However, there is one very old relic in our criminal law where what a person actually does and what a person intends to do does not matter at all. A prosecutor, and this it blows my mind to think about this, a prosecutor can lock up someone for life, for a murder that a person did not commit, a murder that everyone knows they did not commit. A prosecutor can lock up someone for life, and everyone knows that they did not intend to hurt anyone. A prosecutor can tell a jury that it doesn't matter that the person didn't intend to hurt anyone. And this rule is known as the felony murder rule. And it is incredibly problematic. Tens of thousands of people all over the country from coast to coast are in prison because of this one single rule right now. This rule says that if a person is committing a felony, let's say robbery, and in committing that robbery, a person gets killed. The felony murder rule says everybody who committed the robbery can now also be held responsible for the murder. That law came from the Middle Ages in England, but it has now been banned in every country whose legal system originally came from England. It has been abolished in Ireland. It has been abolished in Canada, in India. It was abolished in England in 1956. But it still exists in almost every state in the United States of America. And here's how it works. I want to break down a real story from a case that's happening right now outside of Chicago. Let me break it down. In Lake County, Illinois, six teenagers from Chicago who ranged in age from 14 to 18, kids, high school kids, went to Lake County, Illinois to go steal a car. Now, this is wrong. I know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. Nobody should steal a car to go on a joyride. And that's what these kids were aiming to do here. They weren't planning on keeping it for themselves or selling it. They were going to take this car, drive it around somewhere, then dump it. Yes, that's dumb. Yes, it's wrong. I know. And I'm not saying that it's a crime without a punishment. But these were high school children making a really dumb mistake. But what happened was this. A homeowner, seeing them, came out of his house with a gun. The kids ran 40 feet away, okay, out of his yard, away from his house. But the man fired his gun indiscriminately at the group. The kids were 40 feet away from him, and the man shot at them, saying he was afraid for his life. Have you heard that before? He shot the 14-year-old child, the youngest among them, in the head and killed the kid. Now, the response of the Lake County prosecutor blows my mind. The response of the Lake County prosecutor is not to charge the man, and we can dispute that all day long. The response of the Lake County prosecutor was to charge the five surviving teenagers, two of them, were the cousins of the 14-year-old who was shot and killed, the prosecutor charged those five kids with murder. Mind you, none of them had a gun, none of them pulled the trigger, none of them had a bullet, none of them intended to hurt or kill anyone, not the man, not each other. But because a death occurred during the course of the car theft and because we have something called the felony murder rule, all five children are being charged with murder under the felony murder rule. And it's ridiculous. The Lake County D.A. did not have to charge the teenagers with murder. Prosecutors get to decide what crime they want to charge people with. But here, they have chosen to apply this archaic, broad statute to charge the five other teenagers with their friends' murder. In Illinois, like in almost every other state, the felony murder rule still applies. And a person can be charged with first degree murder, even if they did not inflict any harm or even commit an act of violence. Let me give you another example, a recent example of the felony murder rule being charged recently in Ohio. Let me break that down. Get In Ohio, Eric Richards, who was a member of the police SWAT team, was assigned to an undercover sting operation meant to thwart an online robbery scheme. All right. The alleged robber was a young man named Julius Tate. And according to newspaper articles, Tate used social media to say that he was selling something. But upon arriving to get their purchase, he would rob the people instead of actually selling them something. Tate's girlfriend, who is alleged to have helped him set up one of these robberies, was a 16-year-old named Masonique Saunders. And according to the police report, an undercover officer played the role of a customer and met Tate in an unmarked police car not far from Saunders' house. Saunders was not even there. Officer Richards was in the back seat of the police car serving backup. They say that Tate robbed the undercover officer at gunpoint and Richards, from the back seat, shot and killed Tate. Saunders, Masonique Saunders, the 16-year-old girlfriend of Julius Tate, was arrested six days later and charged with the murder of her own boyfriend, who was shot and killed by Officer Richards. Now remember, Masonique was not there. She was not in the home. She was not armed. She did not kill anyone. But she was charged. I, I, I am speechless as I hear myself through my headphones She was charged as an adult for murder and now faces life in prison. And protesters there in Franklin County, Ohio, have banded together and protested at the courthouse and at the district attorney's office to stop Masonique from being charged as an adult for murder under this horrible ancient law, and they won. But Masonique eventually took a plea deal and was sentenced to three years in juvenile prison for involuntary manslaughter as well as aggravated robbery. But although Saunders evaded a life sentence for murder, which they charged her with, people still say, and I agree with them, that even her deal was unjust, as she played no part whatsoever in her then-boyfriend's actual death, but was still charged with involuntary manslaughter. Felony murder is a draconian charge for anyone. But when children or young adults are charged with felony murder, they are branded as violent offenders for the rest of their lives. And they are subject to an adult court, adult prison sentences, and the same sentencing range as the person who pulled the trigger. The United States Supreme Court and other courts have repeatedly said that young people are more likely to act in groups. They are more susceptible to peer pressure, which also makes them more likely than adults to become involved in accomplice crimes. They are greater risk-takers, and they fail to appreciate the consequences of their actions. This is not rocket science. Think back to when you were 14. What grade were you in? How did you see the world? When I I was a freshman in high school, I thought I was the smartest man in the world, but was actually the dumbest kid ever. That is a hallmark of being a teenager, thinking you know way more than you actually know. And science suggests that our brains aren't actually fully developed until we're in our mid-20s. But you don't need to be a scientist. To understand that the vast majority of young people are more reckless, more impulsive, and more risk-prone than they will be as adults. The entire car insurance industry is built around this idea. This is why car insurance rates go down for people the day you turn 25. Because they know that until you are 25 years old, you are a certain risk that you aren't once you get past that age. And the felony murder rule, the felony murder law, is out of step with the courts, it's out of step with science, and it's out of step with common sense. This Lake County case is a tragic example of the felony murder statute being grossly misapplied. If convicted, these five teenagers who saw their 14-year-old cousin, their friend, shot and killed in his head, shot in his head and killed from 40 feet away. These teenagers, if convicted, will spend much of their lives behind bars. And it's time for Illinois and the remaining states around the country that still have this law to do away with these outmoded laws that deny children and young adults the opportunity to receive a right-sized sentence for their offense. Break it, Break it down. down. In California, the California Supreme Court called the felony murder rule barbaric all the way back in 1966. Then again in 1983, they called the felony murder rule barbaric. That's the California Supreme Court which typically all state Supreme Courts, even in states like New York and California, are always moderate at best. And two different times in 1966 and 1983, the California Supreme Court called the felony murder rule barbaric. In 1983, the California Supreme Court actually said that they want to do away with it. They wanted to do away with it, but that they couldn't. Only the state legislature could do away with it. So even though in 1983, the California Supreme Court said this rule is barbaric and should be done away with, they said they could not. And only the state legislature could actually do away with it. 35 years after that California state Supreme Court ruling, the state legislature in 2018 seriously limited the felony murder rule. Starting in 2017, uh, State Senator Nancy Skinner, a Democrat from Berkeley, and then State Senator Joel Anderson, a Republican from San Diego. And get this, Senator Anderson was Donald Trump's California campaign chairperson. The two of them, Nancy Skinner and Donald Trump's California campaign chairperson, got together and said, we have to change this old law. This is about personal responsibility. This is about justice. This is not about convicting people of a murder that they did not do. And because what they found is that this law, this is not going to surprise a single one of you. The felony murder rule in California was disproportionately applied to young people of color. And it was also disproportionately applied to women. Seventy two percent of women serving life sentences from felony murder in California were not the actual shooters. They were the girlfriend who might have been the getaway driver. They were the girlfriend that was involved with the crime, but who never intended or agreed to hurt anyone, let alone kill someone. Seventy two percent of women in prison for murder didn't actually commit the murder. So they said there in California, OK, we'll punish people for the crimes they did for the robbery, for the burglary. But we're not going to punish people for a murder that they did not do. They said there in California that you can only be guilty of felony murder if you kill, intended to kill or act with reckless indifference in the actual killing. You have to be at the scene And you have to do something that really threatens the victim. Now, as it happens in Illinois, there is currently legislation that was introduced just a few months ago to also limit the felony murder rule there in the state. And that legislation was also introduced by Representative Justin Slaughter and could and should and let's hope be voted on in the next year. And we need to organize to get that passed in Illinois and you're going to be hearing more about that from me in the future, because here's the thing. Often, and I lived in California for many years, often what starts in California then catches on around the country. So California, in a, bi- in a bipartisan measure, passed a new policy limiting the felony murder rule. Now, Illinois has very similar legislation that is being proposed, and we need to back that. Now, what's wild is that Illinois is still a very moderate state, but just like California, Illinois now also passed sweeping legislation that is now law on not just the decriminalization of weed, marijuana, cannabis, but the the full legalization of it as well. And so, I want to get today to a real action item, a real action step that we can take together. Action, 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 steps. Take action, 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 steps. So, in the weeks ahead, we're going to organize in some really smart ways to help end the felony murder law in every state where it exists we need to do something today to try to save the lives of the five children who've now been charged with the felony murder of their cousin and their friend right there in Lake County, Illinois. Now, remember how I told you that in Ohio, protesters organized to save Masonique Saunders from life in prison? They protested and they got the prosecutor there to not charge her as an adult with murder under this barbaric law. but We need to do the very same thing in Lake County. I need you to call the prosecutor in Lake County and say, please, you do not have to charge these kids with a murder that none of them committed. They did not kill their friend. They did not kill their cousin. They did do something very dumb. They did attempt to steal a car, and in doing so, broke the law. We understand that. But when a man came out of his house and shot at them indiscriminately from 40 feet away and shot and killed a 14-year-old child, these kids did not do that and should not be charged with murder. You know, this is what you need to say to the prosecutor, you know they did not kill anyone. You know their 14-year-old friend and cousin was killed by the homeowner with his gun. That is punishment enough that these kids made this horrible mistake and in the process their cousin and friend was murdered is something that they will never forget, something that they will live with for the rest of their lives. You need to communicate to the Lake County prosecutor that he should not, cannot. Use his power in this way. Communicate to him that this is an unjust law and is being applied unjustly. Now, let me give you some information, all right? Now, you all have made me so incredibly proud, regularly taking action steps with us. We have changed laws. We have had cases dropped. When you make these calls, when you make these emails, change happens, All right, so I'm going to give you some information. Please take this down, put it in your phone, save it, and call until you get through to somebody. The phone number for the Lake County Prosecutor's Office is 847-377-3000. It's 847-377-3000. One more time, the phone number is 847-377-3000. I'm going to give you the email as well, and then I'll give you a few more instructions. Okay, the email is states attorney. That's states s t a t e s attorney. Just one big word, states attorney, at Lake County, I L Lake County, I L for Illinois.gov. dot States attorney at Lake County, dot gov. Now. When you call, who you're trying to speak with is someone in the office of Michael Nurheim. Michael Nurheim is the Lake County State's attorney and has the power to drop these charges. Michael Nurheim, I've heard, is a decent man. And when you call this office and ask to speak to someone in Michael Nurheim's office, ask to speak to Michael Nurheim. When you call, As always, be kind, be respectful, understand that the person answering the phone did not make this decision, and they may have that job answering that phone no matter who is in the office of the local prosecutor, all right? They may have been there in that position for 20 years. So when you call, be warm, be kind, but be persistent. Ask to speak to someone in Michael Nurheim's office, let them know that it's urgent. Why? Because it is. Again, the phone number is 847-377-3000. And the email is attorney at gov. Again, let them know that in this case, where a 14-year-old child was killed, that these five young children should not be charged with the murder of their cousin and friend. Let's do this, all right? This is an important action step for this family, for everybody who was impacted by this crime, all right? Let's do it. 847-377-3000. Save it in your phone. And let's take this action step together. Break it down. break, break, break. break, break, break. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. If you haven't already, subscribed to our podcast. We'll be right back here every single weekday, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please share this podcast with your friends and family, because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers, and we're not going to get there without you. Thank you, of course, to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community, and you can do that right now at the NorthStar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, I want to give a shout out today to the brilliant team at the Justice Collaborative who collaborated with me on this episode. I want to give a shout out to our associate producer, Lysandra and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.